0: Welcome everyone. It's a privilege to be here tonight. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Vian. I'm one of the pastors here and it's a real privilege for me to preach the Word of God tonight. And uh, I'm going to be speaking about our favorite spiritual discipline, fasting. Yes, amen. I mean we all long for it, we all love it, we all understand it and practice it regularly. Amen. Was it just me? Okay, no, I thought there was a reason for the sermon. So let me pray for us and then we'll dive in. Yes, Lord, thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your love for us, Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for healing and restoration. Thank you, Jesus, that you come, Lord, you invite, Father. And each and every one of us, Lord, sitting here tonight, Father, know firstly that we are not here by accident, Father. Like Jesus said, nobody comes to me unless the Father draws him. Thank you, Father, for drawing us tonight. And we pray, Father, that what you want to give, Lord, that we would receive that tonight, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here revealing spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, Father. The spirit of truth leading us into all truth. We open our hearts to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So our title for tonight, Prayer and Fasting, A Longing for Jesus. And in light of us kicking off a global prayer and fast tonight, I and mean, for those of you who don't know how fasting works, maybe I should just explain that. And I made this joke this morning, specifically for those of you who are new. Someone invited you to the church. It's shofar, so that's already a bit strange. You know, It's not the, the most common church name out there. So you thought, okay, it's a bit strange, but let me go. And now you arrive at the church, and you see now the pastors, they have beards, and now they're going to fast. And you're wondering if the coffee going to be served afterwards is halal. Just to say no, that is not the case. Fasting is a Christian discipline. And it originated with the Jews and obviously the new covenant being Christianity. But it's God that initiated it. It's God's people that fast. And we fast for a reason. But many times we don't practice it. Many times we don't see people devoted to it. (coughs) People being Christian their whole lives. With ever hearing a sermon on fasting. With ever reading about fasting they were fasting themselves because it has been a discipline that has been lost throughout church history. And tonight we want to speak a little bit about it so that we can understand it better as we also corporately approach this fast. As a church globally, so far is going to fast for the next three days. And how that works is if you're new to fasting and you wonder how a fast works, so how a fast works. And obviously if you're new to fasting, don't do three days, just start with one, ease into it. Um, if you really want to go, go all out, maybe do Monday, then break fast on Tuesday, and then fast again on Wednesday. Uh, but ease into it. You know, I made that mistake in the beginning, and I'll we'll tell you about that just now. But how it works is tonight you will eat your last meal. Not forever, but for the fast. <laughs> you know, it got silent real quick there. So you'll eat your last meal, and then tomorrow night, 24 hours after you eat your last meal, you will eat again, and you will break fast. If you're fasting for two days, you'll eat again. Tuesday evening, and if you fast for three days, you'll eat again. Wednesday evening. That is how a fast works. And you'll only drink water. For, for those who immediately went, but what about my coffee? But Just maybe to explain that to you as well. If you're thinking, okay, but what about coffee? Firstly, you have to acknowledge that you have an unhealthy relationship with coffee. Yes? Not <laughs> he shakes his head, but we'll deal with him and pray for him later. So you have an unhealthy relationship with coffee. But what will happen is if you go from a lot of coffee to no coffee, is you will get a coffee withdrawal. And it will be a headache here in the front of your head. And you will struggle to focus. So if you have an unhealthy relationship with coffee, and as you fast, maybe just drink less coffee or a start, as you ease into that as well. And as you ease into it, maybe from less coffee to less coffee to no coffee, as the spiritual discipline forms part of your life. So at least start the day maybe with the coffee and drink one again in the afternoon so that you don't get the coffee withdrawal. Otherwise, you won't be able to focus as you should. But if God presses it in your heart, you want to trust Him by faith so that He can carry you through that and remove that as well. Do that. Amen. But let it be done in faith. So that is how a fast work, and a fast primarily is for two reasons, and that is firstly to concentrate ourselves to God. That is the most important thing, to concentrate ourselves to God. Lord, I want to be devoted to you, and I'll distance myself from other things. And for us in the 21st century, we'll also have to put social media and all of those things aside as well. I mean, we want to spend more time with God. So it doesn't help I don't eat, but I do all kinds of other things, but I don't devote myself to God. I'm not spending more time in prayer. And more time in the word of God. Then you are doing what I did the first time. So explain that? First time coming new into Shofar, we're also busy with a three-day fast. And I say to myself, I'm going to prove to God that I am a man and I have what it takes. I'm going to do three days. I have it. And what happens is normally I would wake up early in the morning so that I can pray and spend time with God. But not now, because then I'll be hungrier for longer. So I'm going to sleep late go to work as I arrive um, home after work I watch a movie why so that the time can go by quicker because I'm hungry and the second day went past and the third day went past the same way so I wasn't fasting I was just dying slowly but surely don't do that whenever we fast but we are not devoted to God more spending more time in prayer and more time in the word we are slowly but surely only dying so that we can be devoted to consecrated to depart from other things that is the heart of fasting but i'll explain more as we go through the sermon so before we begin i want to ask us a couple of questions firstly what do you think fasting is what do you think fasting is and why do you think people fast what is fasting and why do you think people fast and now for the second question, when was the last time you fasted and why did you fast? What initiated the fast? What happened in your heart? What did you realize? What did you contemplate? And suddenly you thought, okay, no, I'm going to fast about this or because of this or for this reason. Why did you fast? And then lastly, if you haven't fasted before, why haven't you fasted before? And there could be a number of reasons for it. I didn't know it was Christian. there's a lot of people that would say that. I didn't actually know we did this. I thought it was only for the people in the Old Testament. I've never heard a sermon about fasting. I don't understand why it's there. Never really realized the importance. Never had the need to. So there can be a couple of answers, but it's important for us to answer the question so that we can know where we are, so that we can shift to where we need to be. Amen. And we're going to read through a passage of Scripture. One of the most important passages of fasting in the New Testament and it's Mark 2 verse 18 to 22 and just to explain to you the context before we dive in is Jesus coming and establishing his ministry and kingdom on earth and it looks a little bit different to what the Pharisees expected Jesus comes and in the same section in the same um, week of events and, and things rolling out they come to him first and say hey he's at Matthew's house and he's having a banquet with sinners and tax collectors. And the Pharisees come and ask Jesus' disciple, why does your master sit with sinners and tax collectors? Why does he eat with them? And another same passage that relates to this, the people came to Jesus and Jesus says, you, you're content with nothing. John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking and you say he has a demon, the son of man, Jesus speaking about himself, came eating and drinking and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard. You're content with nothing. And again, in that same Way of events that Jesus is busy doing something new. They come to him and they ask Jesus' disciples why they are not fasting. 10 to 1 on one of the traditional fast days of the Jews. That would be a Monday and a Thursday. Because the passage says the disciples of the Pharisees were fasting and the disciples of John were fasting. And the people came and asked Jesus, but why does your disciples not fast? So that is the context. And two important questions we need to ask ourselves as we approach this text is firstly when can the disciples not fast when doesn't it make sense the fast cannot happen if this is the condition doesn't make sense and secondly when will they fast again so with those two questions in mind let's read mark 2 verse 18 to 22. now john's disciples and the pharisees were fasting and the people came and said to him why does john's disciples and the disciples of the pharisees fast but your disciples do not fast And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, and the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is destroyed and so are the skins but new wine is for fresh wine skins and so they're coming and they're asking jesus this question why do your disciples fast and i've heard a couple of sermons on this specific passage of scripture speaking about new wine speaking about new wineskins speaking about new garments but we have to answer the question amen i mean jesus busy answering the question so it has to relate to fasting that is what this text is about this is what the question was and to answer the question why does his disciples not fast we firstly have to consider why did the people in the old testament fast why did they fast and i've realized lately that people believe that there were no good pharisees not a single one because if you ask people why did the pharisees fast it's just now for the approval of people they did it out of hypocrisy they wanted to show God how religious they are, but I believe there was a couple of good ones somewhere. At least. So it falls into two categories when we ask the question, why did the people of the Old Testament fast? Firstly, those who pure in heart, really seeking God and doing it for the right reasons, and then obviously those who didn't. And for those who fasted with an upright heart and for the right reasons, it could be summarized into three categories. If you looked at why, what happened, what initiated, to what ended the people in the Old Testament fast? Three categories. The first one is inwardly. When they realize the sinfulness of their own nature. When they realize how far they've drifted away from God. When they realize they've become apostate. When they realize they're hungering for other things instead of God. And whenever Israel realized this, whenever someone in the Old Testament realized this, they normally fasted. Lord, we are turning our hunger back to you secondly it's an outward by the nations and the tribes around them Lord we see how lost and how broken the people around us are and then they lost it and thirdly it was forward looking forward wanting to be guided by God and walking with God to where God is leading and the one thing that underlined all of those was the Redeemer that was to come the Messiah that was to come the new Covenant that was to be established The shepherd that will come and lead his people, Israel, that underpinned it. They were longing for Jesus. And when they fasted, they said to God, Lord, we see our own sinfulness. We see the sinfulness of those around us. We see the lack of leading and we see the spiritual passivity. And we are longing for the day when you will come and establish your kingdom on earth. When the shepherd will come to shepherd his people. when God himself will walk with us. That is what they were longing for. And it's quite an ironic piece of passage as they're coming to Jesus and asking him this question. Have you ever looked for something that you had in your hand? Anybody? Mr. Yes. Have you ever looked for your glasses while they were on your head? And grace to the people with glasses, obviously then you can't see. So we understand but you're looking for something that you already have with you. And that is the ironic thing about this passage, the people coming to Jesus and asking him this question. And Jesus answered in the following way. And he says, and Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. And what is busy happening is the people are asking the bread of life. Why his disciples aren't hungry. They're asking the bread of life why his disciples aren't hungry. Why aren't they longing for something? And Jesus says to them, can't you see I'm standing in front of you? The one you longing for, the one you hungry for, the one you thirsting for is standing right in front of you. But you are so spiritually blind that you are unable to see. Unable to see it, isn't it? moves me because I know for a fact that if that would have happened today, most of the people that call themselves Christians would have asked Jesus the same question. So spiritually blind, so so lacking the longing and intimacy with God that they ask Jesus why. His disciples not longing for the Messiah to come and Jesus says I'm standing right in front of you. And many times we think to ourselves, man, how stupid can they be? How stupid can they be? But how many times do we do the same? Approaching God in fasting or in prayer, and we are asking the one that can sustain us for something else that we think can sustain us more. Our prayers filled with everything but God everything but God there's a lot of things I'm asking God for there's a lot of things that I'm trusting him for but being with him isn't one of them to come and remove sin from my life so that I can be close to him and experience his presence isn't one of them a lot of other things that I'm asking God for you see that relates to the fast of the Pharisees Trying to show God how holy and how righteous and how good we are so that he can give us what we want. Lord, we've done our part. Now you better do yours. Seeing God as this holy vending machine. We put five rand in. I better get that bag of chips. I've done my part, Lord. Now you better do yours. It's like Jesus says in the parable of the two men going to pray. And he said, and he told this parable. In light of those who thought their relationship with God was right. Luke 18, you can go and read it. About the Pharisee and the tax collector going to pray. And the tax collector says, Lord, I fast twice a day. I give a tithe of all that I have. Thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. But I've inherited my salvation. And that is not what fasting is about. And so many times we do exactly the same thing. Asking Jesus, fasting Jesus praying and asking for something else that we think and sustain when He is the one that we should be longing for. He's the one that we should be longing for. That's the primary reason why we fast for the presence of Jesus. He says, well, he is fully present with his disciples. They cannot fast. It doesn't make sense. I'm here with them. What, what, what are they hungry for? What are they longing for? I'm here with them. Yes, but they don't have homes at that time. They don't have a blessed life at that time. They don't have marriages maybe. Only Peter that I know of that was married. And he was away most of the time, so maybe he had an angry wife. Who knows? What about all of those things, Lord? No, no, no. That's not why you fast primarily. It's for the presence of God to be closer to Him. All of the other things is secondary that comes with God. Being with God, yes, he comes heals, he comes and restores, he comes and leads and guides. But that is secondary. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added. But when we seek him for the other things, we are not seeking him first and therefore the things will not be added. It's the interesting thing about the kingdom of God. We need to seek him first, we need to long for him first. And on the people in John six, they did exactly the same. Following Jesus, and just after he fed the multitudes with loaves of bread, and it says, "And Jesus departed to go somewhere else." And when the people arose in the morning and they saw Jesus had gone, they went after. Him. And then when they arrived, they said, "Teacher, when did you go somewhere else?" And Jesus doesn't entertain the question. He says, "Surely I'm telling you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs." meaning not because you saw who I was, but because you ate yourself full of the loaves. You're seeking me for what I can give and not for who I am. You're seeking me for what I can give and not for who I am. And then Jesus explains to them, the father fed the Israelites with manna in the wilderness with Moses. So he who comes down from heaven is the bread of life that give life to all. And what do the people say? So give us this bread always again unable to understand what jesus is saying and then jesus says to them in john 6 verse 35 to 36 then jesus said to them i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst but i say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe and jesus is saying the exact same thing for some of us sitting here tonight stop trying to find other things stop trying to find fulfillment and fullness and all of the other things I'm standing in front of you won't you believe won't you come to the bread of life so that I can fill everything inside of you? stop trying with all of the other things to fill yourself it's not how it works we see many times we think that we can simply just patch Jesus to our old lives. Man, I'm going to continue the way I continued, but I like this benefits of following Jesus. I mean, eternal life, that's, that's something special. So I'm just going to patch Jesus to what I'm already busy with, to what I'm already doing. And Jesus says it doesn't work that way. It's everything or nothing. And he explains it to us here in verse 21 and 22. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse taste is made. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. And Jesus is saying two things primarily. And firstly, is that you don't patch Jesus on your old life. It's not how it works. It's not just something you add. It's either everything or nothing. You allow him to make you a new creation so that he can put the gospel of Christ, the new covenant, into you so that that can have effect through you. Or nothing. It's not going to work. It's everything. Everything. Like we just sang that song. Everything and nothing, please. Everything I give to you, Lord. And secondly, Jesus is saying that the new way of fasting will also not just be a patch on Judaism. It's not how it works. It's also something new. It's based on something new. There will be a new way of fasting after Jesus had come. And that takes us to the first point. longing for jesus point number one the one we long for has come the one we long for has come you see old testament fasting was based upon something that they wanted to experience they wanted to taste they wanted to see our fasting is based on something that we've already experienced something that jesus already did a victory already obtained salvation already tasted deliverance already experienced we are moving from that place we are trying to bend god's arm to do for us something that we want him to do now we want more of what is already given and that is his presence and that is his nearness we are proclaiming lord we want more of you that is why we fast and the reason then if we say the one we long for has come already Are we still going to fast then if we've tasted the bread of life and that makes us full are we still going to fast then? yes because we've tasted we are going to long for more see what the scripture says here in verse 20. the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast in that day then they will fast not they might they could they should then they will fast and some people say, no, no, this is not for the New Testament Christian. What the writer is speaking about yes, just the three days when Jesus died and before he was raised again. That is what the text is speaking about. But now our lives should be marked by celebration. We should just have a celebration until Christ comes back for the work that he has done in us. That cannot be. Why? Because when Jesus uses this analogy elsewhere in the Gospels about the bridegroom, he's speaking about the second coming of Christ when he will come back for his church one day. And when we will sit at the Messianic banquet when Jesus restores this world and makes all things new. That is the day that Jesus is speaking about. And secondly, the New Testament was full of fasting. Acts 13, and as they were worshipping and fasting the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, Full of fasting, the apostles interpret it, and then they will fast. They will long for more of Jesus. That was what Jesus was speaking about. And Jesus experienced the same when he set the example for us. He was in relationship with God the Father for all of eternity. Why did Jesus fast? I mean, if we're longing for him, for who did he long? To be with the Father again in heaven. To sit at the right hand of god the father and to be with him again but he also longed for that as he trusted the holy spirit to lead and guide him as he was ministering on earth and jesus set that example for us and that takes us to the second point a longing for jesus we will long for more of jesus presence until we are with him in his fullness we will long for more of jesus presence until we are with him in his fullness Jesus is saying to the people that come and ask him the questions, the day that I'm taken away, my disciples will long to be with me again in fullness. And they can look me in the eye when we are together face to face. And we will long for more of what we have already received until that day. Until that day comes, we will long for more of Jesus. And as we are fasting, that is what we are proclaiming. Lord, I long for more of what I've already experienced, what I've already tasted, until I am with you forever in your fullness and we're also saying like jesus said in matthew 4 verse 4 that man will not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god lord you are the one that sustains me you are the one that sustains me lord i'm hungering and i'm thirsting for you and for all three of those things when we realize that that is not true of us then that is reason to fast there is no hunger there is no longing I mean, if we get hungry from our bodies not receiving nutrition and we ask the question, if you could physically feel the longing of your spirit and your soul, how hungry would it be? How hungry would it be? How much are you longing for Christ? Because fasting holds a lot of benefits, but it's also very revealing. Richard Foster wrote and he says of all the spiritual disciplines none is more revealing than fasting for it shows us what controls us. Fasting shows us what controls us. For those of us who heard fasting coming up and you thought, now I can't, watch out because that thing is out of place. It's either that totally needs to be removed or it's a good thing from God that needs to be reprioritized. But if you thought to yourself, a fast is coming up, oh no, now I can't, watch out. That thing is out of place. And it will keep you from God. And you will not experience Him in His fullness because Jesus says to us in Revelation 2 that He is either our first love or no love at all. He's either God or He's not. He's either leading or He doesn't. You either obey or you don't. It is as easy as that. Whenever you think to yourself, oh, I don't want to fast because, take heed to that thing. Because either it's something that should just totally be removed from your life. Or something that should be reprioritized. Because God needs to be first. I mean, if we say to ourselves, we are going to spend some time to consecrate us to God so that we can be closer to him. So that he can come and lead in God," And you say to yourself, no, I don't want to do that because of this thing. Be very aware of that thing deal with that you see there's two things that should determine and prioritize our fasting for us and that is capacity in necessity capacity meaning how often have I fasted before I see a three-day fast coming up many people fast for longer than that but if you don't have the capacity you know I, I, I'm not sure if I can do it yet I need to grow into that space same with prayer same with reading the word if you just open up your Bible and you think okay you're gonna read the whole thing in one sitting not gonna happen everything's not gonna enter in as it should you need to come you become fit in reading the word you need to become fit in prayer you can't just start off but the one thing that overrides capacity is necessity and some of us can't afford not to fast are you hearing what I'm saying tonight when it comes to our spiritual hunger and how far we've actually drifted away from God and how little a longing there is for God we cannot afford not to fast now we need to devote ourselves to god and say lord i realize where i am like the inward fast of the people of the old testament lord i realize how far i've drifted from you lord i'm setting myself aside come and do a mighty work in me Lord. come and draw me back come and give me that hunger again and to answer the question how is your hunger for god looking like it's easy to answer how does the last two weeks of your life look like that will give you an indication Because if there was not once where you cried out, Lord, like the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you, then there is no hunger. If there was no time in Scripture, no devotion to prayer, then I cannot say I'm thirsting and longing after God. I cannot say I want to walk with Him then, but I'm not walking with Him now. Are you with me? It's easy to see. It's not a relative question. We can simply reflect on the last couple of weeks of our lives, and that will show us how hungry we are for God our lives will reflect that And whatever you see you were busy with more move that thing aside and consecrate yourself to God as you follow him and as you fasting and as you're drawing closer to God ask him the question Lord what is standing between us what is keeping me from you what should I remove what should I repent of what should I confess of? who should I forgive And believe me, God will show you. You will speak and he will lead. But when he does, deal with that thing. Because he's not going to reason with you. He's God. You're going to not tell God, no Lord, this this one, let's keep that one for the different fast. Let's deal with something different now. You see, I know that. One of the times I fasted now I was driving away from home in the morning, I asked the Lord this question. Lord, what stands between us? And God showed me something in my life. And to be honest with you guys, I almost turned around and went and made breakfast. Because I knew that for the rest of this fast, every time I ask God that question, that thing will be like a wall. That will not be removed until I deal with it. Because he's not going to bargain with me. He's God. But what leads us to deal with that is the fact that he's a good father and he doesn't want to shame, expose or do something bad to you. No, he wants to give you life and life in abundance. But for you to do that, it's like Estelle said. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to do what he says. A good father leading and trust me, he will lead. Deal with the things that he shows you. But draw near to God. I want to end off with two positive notes the first one is that as we are drawing closer to god as we are saying lord i'm hungering and thirsting for you i'm longing for you just know that that the longing inside of you god plays that he's the one drawing near and secondly he's also longing after us there's something jesus also sets aside till we are with him again did you know that in matthew 26 verse 29 jesus is busy administering the the um, communion to his disciples This is my body. This is my blood. And as Jesus administers the communion to his disciples, he says to them again, truly I say to you, I will not drink this wine again until I drink it with you anew in the kingdom of my Father. I'm also setting something aside to be enjoyed with you again at the Messianic banquet when I come to fetch my church again. Jesus is also longing for us. And as we are drawing closer to him, he's also drawing closer to us. He's also longing to be with us. It's not something that we are showing God. Fast is not bending God's rubber arm to do something that he doesn't want to. It's to be with you, Lord. And I know that as I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. And we read in Matthew 6 verse 17 to 18 to end off us with this. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That your fasting may not be seen by others. But by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret reward you two things on this firstly now you think to yourself okay but if nobody knows and we just said we are going to fast to everyone how does that work it's not what Jesus is busy saying not saying that there should be a state secret he's just saying that don't do it to be seen by others he's speaking about an heart attitude do it as unto the Lord he's saying you shouldn't keep it a state secret but don't go to work tomorrow and enter someone don't give me something to eat because I'm fasting more not how we enter it's a hard condition and also if you arrive at work and there's something everybody has something to eat most on fast days there's some biltong some cook and some cake and as they are approaching and said hey do you want some of these and you say no and they say why don't say no I'm not hungry because then you are lying don't lie when you're fasting guys come on You can tell them, no, I'm fasting. Because you're not doing it to be seen. It's in hard condition. Are you with me? If you're fasting and your wife make you food, don't tell, hey, honey, I'm going to eat this one outside, okay? Don't do that. It's not what Jesus is speaking about. It's not wooden literalism. But it's about the heart that we approach the fast. Lord, for you, to be with you, to be seen by you. That's why we do what we do and listen to what it says. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. He will reward us. Not he could or he should or maybe he's going to think about it, but he will reward us. Hebrews eleven verse six says, "With faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God, because those who draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him." And with what does He reward us? Himself. He is the prize. More of him, more of his presence and everything that comes with that. But primarily so that we can be with him and him alone. You see, if I want God to come and deliver me from certain sins and things that I struggle with in my life, it is so that I can be closer to him. If I want God to come and give me guidance and leading in in my life, it is so that I can walk with him. But it's about him. If I want to fast so that God can come and bring healing and restoration in our town, it is so that more people can know Him. But it is about Him and Him alone. Amen. And then with that, you can trust God for every other things as well, for provision, for healing, for restoration, whatever the case might be. But that is secondary. Primarily to be with God. And there will be a day when we will long no more. And that is when we are with jesus face to face and he will satisfy everything in us but until that day we will long for more of his presence until we are with him in his fullness